Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. They're going to send to the plate Michael Lorenzen. And again, the base is loaded and nobody out. Drive. Left field. Did he? Grand slam home run. Michael Lorenzen is unbelievable. That highlight courtesy Fox Sports Ohio. This hour on the score brought to you by Grandview Homes. Grandview will buy your home today. Go to grandviewhomes.com. Barry Rosner, Joe Ostrowski with you here on Hit and Run till 1245, taking you up to Cubs baseball. Right now it's time to go out to the score hotline where we're joined by former Cubs manager Jim Riggleman, now the manager of the Cincinnati Reds with whom he has done a very nice job since taking over. Good morning, Riggs. Thanks for your time today. Uh, Barry, any time. Good to talk to you. So what's different? I mean, you've been through this several times before, unfortunately for you. You take over for another guy. (laughs) It's never an easy thing for you. What's your approach? Do you do some things uh, different than the guy before you? How do you change things, and why have things been better for the Reds? You know, I I never really want to say that we're going to do things differently because uh it's a little bit insulting to the to the previous manager and i can tell you brian price did a great job here uh it was amazing i stood next to him while he managed these games and um you know i saw him make the moves he made all the right moves he he really became a a really a good strategic manager uh he's one of the finest people you could ever meet in your life but we just could not win a ball game. It was it was just and was happening. Sounds like we had a connection problem there for a second. Eli, see if uh, maybe he's got a got a landline. Um, I'm looking at uh, the I'm look- here. Here's how they started. So they started three and fifteen uh, before they moved made the move with Riggs. It actually went to three and eighteen. And since then, since they were three and eighteen, they are thirty-two and thirty. Thirty-two and thirty. Thirty-two and thirty. Last sixty-two games. How's this, Riggs? We got a better connection. Yeah, and I've got about eight minutes, Barry. Okay, I, I understand. I know you got a ball game coming up. Um, you were talking about Brian Price and the things that he had done. Um, why? Why are things? Why are things better now? Do you think? Well, I think we got some guys healthy. You know, uh, unfortunately, early in the year, Suarez uh, got hit by a pitch and missed some time. Shebler uh, had a bad arm. He couldn't play for a little while. And, um, you know, that was two big components of the lineup uh, that were not in there. So uh, we got people healthy now. We've got our bullpen lined up. And, um, you know, some starting pitchers are finally uh, going deeper in the game. So it gives us a chance use the bullpen appropriately but uh as i was saying brian did everything you could do to win ball games we just could not win a game you have uh you've never (laughs) let's face it you've never gotten much of a break i mean you you walk into a tough situation in san diego during the swap meet days uh you you come to the cubs who are who are not ready really to do anything at that point um you finally you finally make the playoffs with the cubs you're fired a year later the seattle thing was was not a particularly good situation. Washington, you were a little bit early, and uh, now you're here with the Reds. Your timing has never been great. Do you think this time maybe you'll get more of an opportunity? 
You know, Barry, I, I'm I'm really not even worried about that. I'm just really cherishing the opportunity to manage again. I love managing, uh, and I'm um, fortunate to be doing this. And, and, you know, I appreciate your comments about the situations I've been in. But, you know what, realistically, when you're Jim Riggleman, when you're, you know, some people won't remember the name, when you're Dave Tremblay, when you are um, uh, some others who did not make your name as a major league player, uh, you didn't have immediate success as a major league manager, uh, you're going to get jobs where teams are in distress. Those are the jobs you get. You're not going to get the Bostons and New Yorks and, uh, you know, the first place clubs because, um, you know, you, you don't have a track record that it says that you are going to win. So uh, I'm fortunate to get the opportunities I've gotten, and I've, I've loved every one of them. How different is it to be a manager 20 years later? A lot of our listeners remember you, of course, uh, the late 90s with the Cubs, but uh, now doing it in 2018. Do you have to take a different approach? Yeah, you do. And, um, you know, you've you got to be willing to change and adapt. Uh, the biggest uh, adaptation for me is we carry more pitchers and we ask less of them. You know, it, it was um, – situation where we were carrying 11 pitchers now we're carrying 13 uh you know those of who would remember in the 90s with terry adams one of my relievers it was routine for terry to give us 100 innings out of the bullpen which didn't even seem like that much at the time and now uh probably nobody will get 80 so um you know there's a little bit of uh cover your rear end a little bit approach to the managing because heaven forbid somebody gets hurt uh, it's you're going to be accused of overusing them. So, um, you know, that that that's the, the pitcher usage to me is the, the biggest change. Riggs, how's it going to work going forward with starters going shorter and uh, and more guys uh, being used in terms of appearances in the bullpen? And there's just not enough arms. How is how's this going to work going forward? I don't know, Barry. It's going to be interesting. You know, by the time this thing all gets sorted out, um, you know, it may be past my time. I'm not sure. But, uh, um, you know, it, it really is going to be a puzzle. The thing is, you know, there, there's talk of using guys in shorter segments and uh, and all that. But how do you do that with the big boys? You know, how do you do that with Sale and Verlander? And if it was Roger Clemens back in the day or, or Kershaw and Scherzer, you know, I don't want to be the guy that goes to Scherzer and say, hey, go give me two innings and then we're going to we're going to put somebody else in there, you know, um, or somebody else is going to start the game and then you're going to go in. You know, that's that's not going to fly with with your number one and two starters. What have you seen from Matt Harvey so far? Matt Harvey's been outstanding. We, we're really fortunate to have him. Uh, he's been a pleasure to manage. He's been a mentor for some of these other pitchers. Um, he's he's really taken to Cincinnati and uh, and more importantly, he's pitched well. So, um, you know, uh, he's he's been a pleasure. He's going to have a real challenge today with this ball club that we're facing, Milwaukee, and and this heat that uh, uncharacteristically is is here in Cincinnati. Riggs, uh, Joey Votto doesn't get his just due nationally. What kind of guy is he, and does he remind you of anyone? Um, he's pretty unique. I can't say there's somebody specifically he reminds me of, but he he's really special. He's a, he's a lot of fun to manage. He's got a very quiet sense of humor, um, comes to play every day. The thing that people will not realize is the amount of work he puts in every day to get ready to play the game. Uh, his conditioning program, but also his 
pregame work defensively on the field with Freddie Benavides, our infield coach. Um, he's he's got a great work ethic. Uh, he really takes care of himself, and just really, really great to have him in the lineup. You know, yesterday he had a couple great at bats to extend rallies for us, and um, and really was a big part of that win. Riggs, when you got to hang up, just let us know. But what's it like coming back to Wrigley Field now? Oh, I, I love it. Now, you know what? I haven't been – they've been here three times. We haven't been there yet. And um, uh, my understanding is they moved the dugouts down. Is that right? Yeah, you've been moved back about, uh, I don't know, what, 20, 30 feet, something like that, down the line okay. a little bit. R- Riggs, yeah, but wh- the, the visiting clubhouse is still bad. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? People uh, – I was in there in 89. The, the clubhouse I walk into there now is the new clubhouse. Uh, you know the visitors. Right. I, I hear they're going to up, upgrade it eventually, but yeah, in, in about it was in, much... when you're when you're dead, Riggs is when they're going to upgrade the visitors' clubhouse because oh, they're not okay. in a hurry to make it better for anybody. That's all right. I, I love going in there, and um, uh, I'm anxious to see it. I've seen it on TV, but I'm anxious to see the the adjustments. The field is much better than it was back in the day. You know the way it, that that whole place is great and. You know, Chicago is everybody's favorite city. When you think back on your Cubs days, what do you remember the most? Uh, well, 98, you know, 98 was um, a special year. So many great things with Sammy and Mark McGuire, but more importantly, uh, uh, striving to get into the postseason. And probably the, the uh, most exciting uh, game that I've been fortunate enough to manage was the 163rd game against the Giants uh, to see who gets in the playoffs. And, um, uh, to win the wild card. So that uh, that's probably my, my biggest memory. Uh, Riggs, I know you're used to your pitchers hitting grand slams, but it, it sounds <laughs> like there's a lot of momentum about bringing the DH over to the National League. What would you think about that? I don't like it. Uh, I'm, I, I love the National League game. Uh, it's, it's, for me, it's a more interesting game. I, you know, I, I can hear the arguments from the other side and all that, but um you know, I just think it's a better strategic game. Uh, you know, if I'm go- if I'm going to pay Joe Madden and or uh, uh, Bruce Bochy uh, big dollars to manage a game, I want I want to be paying them to manage manage a game they can outmanage the other guy. Because uh, uh, in the American League with the DH, uh, you, you know, to me, you don't get as much of that. Riggs, uh, we'll let you go. I know you got other things to do, but we appreciate your time. I'll see you at the ballpark this week. All right, I look forward to talking to you again then. I'm sorry i got to get off here, but i got to let the writers come in. I've held them off here for a little bit. So, uh, <laughs> I will see you soon. Thanks, Riggs. Jim Riggleman, manager of the Cincinnati Red, former Cubs manager. Uh, you probably remember him from the 98 season. He's, uh, he's, he's different, Joe, in that he's a pretty simple guy. He just He loves baseball, just wants to do his job. He's a very humble guy. Doesn't ask for a lot. Really just wants to go to the ballpark and do his job. Nice guy. Uh, a guy who cares about his players. But, uh, you know, you won't – even if he were here now, I, I don't think you'd see him advertising wine or, or, be on, <laughs> or be on Benny's commercials. I really don't. I mean, it's just really not his thing. He's just a really – he's a very simple man. I, I don't know him like you do, but as a man that's been in this game for so long and to, to be one of those guys that has one of those 30 jobs after all these years – it doesn't seem like it's changed him at all. No, it, it hasn't. Um, he, I, rem- 
I, I remember when he first got here and uh, him telling the stories about what he went. It, when he got the job in San Diego, he took over in San Diego, and it was around the time of what they called the swap meet. You know, that's when that's when the um, uh, that's when the Padres were getting rid of everybody, every single name that they had. They were giving away, just giving them away to try to get the payroll down to absolutely nothing. So that's what he managed in San Diego. They let him out of his contract when McPhail and Lynch hired him to be Cubs manager. They let him out of his deal so he could come here. So he comes here, and within a few years, the Padres are in the World Series. <laughs> wow. You know who got his job in San Diego when he, when he left? Bruce Bochy. He promoted Bruce Bochy within that organization. He's one of his close friends. He's kind of responsible for Bruce Bochy. But it's just always been just always been terrible timing. He gets a, he wins in ninety eight, and in ninety nine the Cubs have this horrendous pitching staff. But they're what they're like, uh, what three over or seven over something like that after two months, and then they go in the tank, and Andy McPhail blames Jim Riggleman and fires him, which was a huge mistake. He gets uh, the Seattle interim job in two thousand eight. That lasted for about 100 games. He gets the Washington job and is doing a pretty good job for a Washington team that is completely rebuilding. It's, you know, it's the it's the Mike Rizzo program where you, you bust it down to the very bottom. You get all those top draft picks and then you and you start over. Wait, wait, wait I, I thought the Cubs and Astros invented that. <laughs> and then he knows he's not going to be rehired. Think about this. He knows he's not going to be rehired in Washington. He's on the final year of his deal. So at 38 and 37, he walks away from the team. He walks out on the job. Basically tells Mike Rizzo, if I'm not going to be rehired, this is the Don Zimmer uh, 1991 Don Grinesco move. He said, uh, except Zimmer didn't, uh, Zimmer didn't walk out. He was ultimately fired a few weeks later. But he went to Mike Rizzo and said, look, either you tell me now whether I'm coming back or I'm, I'm, just, I'm just quitting. And he quit. He walks out on a managing wow. job, the Washington Nationals, which were, who were on the verge of all, of all the great things. That was 2011. So um, now, he, now he's with the Reds. He's, he's, a, man of, he's a man of principle, uh, but he's not, he's not a— He's not a complicated guy. He just just loves baseball. He loves being in the game. I have a lot of people that cover the Reds on Twitter, and just about every week there's another column. Hire this guy right now. Make it permanent. 65 years old. Well, he's a real stable guy. You know, there's just, I mean, he knows everything there is to know about the game. Been in the game for 40 years or, you know, maybe more than that. There's nothing about the game he doesn't understand. There's no part of managing he can't handle. He's respectful to everyone. There's no drama, zero drama. There's no hysterics. There's no, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, in a way, I guess you could say he's boring, which a lot of owners really like because you got a lot of things you have to manage as an owner, as a president, as a GM. There's a lot of things you got to manage, There's a lot of headaches. There's a lot of phone calls in the middle of the night. There's a lot of drama, a lot of hysteria. You don't get any of that with this guy. You're comfortable, and and it's not what we're seeing in baseball. Do managers it's a sell? Trend. Do managers sell tickets? No, but people think they do, and it's so wrong. 
so wrong. I, I've heard countless amount of times that Ozzie Guillen sells tickets when he was managing. He didn't sell tickets. The baseball players always will sell the tickets. The ballpark will sell the tickets before the manager. Uh, you people reference go to games to see a manager? No, they don't. Okay. But people, it's something people say, which just is wrong. Um, who goes to Wrigley to see Joe Madden? <laughs> and he's one of the, the highest paid managers around. You reference the 99 Cubs rotation. Here it is. I'll go in order of starts. Traxel, Lieber, Tappany, Farnsworth. Your five was Terry Mulholland, and Andrew Lorraine made 11 starts. Andrew Lorraine. <laughs> Swiss oh, cheese, man. yeah. Well, I mean, those are, those are guys who had wow. had success. Wow. Four of the six of them had an ERA of five or higher. Yeah, I, I'm looking at. I'm looking at. The, you know, all right. You you listed some pretty good names. I mean, in in Traxel, Lieber, Tappany, and Mulholland, you're talking about guys who have had a lot of success at that point. But yeah, that year, years. But that year, Traxel eight and eighteen with a five five six. Lieber ten and eleven with a four oh seven. I'm looking at some of their FIPS. It, it's it's say, worse. Look at Farnsworth. It's worse. Yeah, Farnsworth with a six thirteen WHIP. <laughs> Uh, Tappany six and twelve four eighty three, Mulholland uh, thirty six with a five uh, thirty six years old. He went six and six with a five fifteen in in uh, twenty six games, sixteen starts, right, and a five twelve FIP. Uh, Andrew Lorraine, good lord, no no bullpen to speak of here at all. Ooh, Ooh. Felix wow. Heredia. Okay, I'm your southpaw. Yeah, I mean, I remember Terry Adams because I covered him. I covered Rodney Myers. Uh, of course, I remember Felix Heredia, Rick Aguilera at 37. Ooh, this team doing was that? so old. I do not remember Scott Sanders. Who is Scott? And he Sanders? had the most innings. Who is Scott Sanders? I thought the same thing. He I said, "What am I missing?" He threw 104 innings. All right, Scott Sanders. <laughs> Who are you? I've never seen his face. I'm looking at it right now. San Diego, Seattle, Detroit, San Diego again, and then his last year was Chicago in 99. Then he's out. I have no no memory of this guy. Scott Sanders, anybody? Anyone? 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 (laughs) Text in or call or tweet. Most similar by ages. John Main, Brad Hennessy, Alan Bennis, remember him. Uh, Paul Wagner, Juan Nicasio. No? That happens. That happens from time to time. So, end of... Oh, this team was bad. End of May. End of May, they get to 27-20 um, and 20 and a game back. And that's a... All right, no, they, their high watermark looks to me like 30-21 and 21 on June 4th. This team is hilarious. Just go around the diamond... But this, but this is what I remember. I, I yeah. specifically remember because I I was working for GN at the time, and I remember uh, on on a Sunday, it might have even been around. I want to say it was during a Cardinal series. Okay, so it was Sunday, May thirtieth. Remember, I remember doing a hit with GN and saying that this pitching staff is awful. It's not going to last, and it didn't. And Riggleman paid the price for that. But, it, it, you know, that was just – that was a bad team. Go ahead. What you See, gonna... but your takeaway was the bad pitching, and you were right. But I, I remember that season watching it. It was just – my takeaway was everybody's so old. Grace was 35, Morandini 33, Gaietti a 40-year-old third baseman. 
That's who you're starting every day. You had the one dog in center field at 35 years old. Oh, Henry bars flying around. Uh, Glenn Allen Hill came off the bench. He's 34. Jeff Blauser, 33. My God, you would never see a a roster built like this today. Benito Santiago was 34. I'm clicking on his baseball reference page because that year, 99. Let's see here. Tyler Houston. Tyler Houston, bad guy. Really? Uh, Yeah. Of all people. Yeah, Tyler Houston, bad guy. Bonus baby, bad guy. Um, Let's see here. (laughs) Just, you get two words. Bonus baby. That's all. Bad guy. All you need to know. Rich kid. Let's see here. Uh, There's a story in the break. So, yeah, I'll tell you a story in the break. So, Benito Santiago that year in 109 games. Seven homers, thirty six RBI, hit two forty nine with an OPS of six ninety one. His OPS plus was seventy six. But, but Ooh, Gaetti, Santiago uh, was um, he was creative in his approach to health. Let's put it that way. So he managed to. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I have no idea what that means. Yes, you do. Let's put it what way? <laughs> Nobody understood. So let's. Well, Eli, he, did you catch that? Yeah, I'm. I'm as clueless as you, right there. Really? Well, we're, right. I'm really just baiting you. Oh, you're baiting I, me. I just want a little more. No, I'm not going to tell you. Let's just say that he was able to capitalize on things late in his career gotcha. when he should have been going the other direction. Gotcha. And managed to make a lot more money. Managed to make about an extra ten million bucks based on. Some, I don't want to hear you talk about Giovanni Soto. What? I don't even know what you're talking about. But, yeah, uh, he, he uh, managed to find some, some, some power late in his late, career. Yeah, yeah. When you're in your 30s and all of a sudden, whoa, you should question. Just use your common sense. Don't, don't tell me, oh, I never tested positive. There's a thing called common sense. So we went down the baseball reference rabbit hole. Yeah, sorry, we did that. Sorry about that. Our, our apologies for that. All right, let's. Uh, we got to get to the White Sox, and we will get back to our Cubs discussion of the previous hour. We're sorry we only had a few minutes with uh, Jim Riggleman. Or we would have gone deeper into some of those things, but the man has a game to manage, and uh, they have a game time. What? Yes. I, I've, I've just got something for you on the other side. It's a very special day, okay? Okay. That's your tease. Oh, I think I might know what it is. You've got to know. I won't spoil it, okay. but uh, if it's July 1st, I think I know what it <laughs> and is. And I've got a nugget about it. Okay, sounds good. That's Joe Ostrowski. I'm Barry Rosner. You've got Hit and Run on the score. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Bonilla hits it well. Is it far enough? It is gone. A home run. Bobby Bonilla gives the New York Mets a 2-0 lead here in the bottom of the fifth inning. And there is no question. That's a home run stroke every time. Thoughts on him for a sec. Go ahead. Well, 
Welcome back in on Hit and Run on the Score. Joe Ostrowski, Barry Rosner with you until 1245, taking you up to Cubs baseball. And Hit and Run is brought to you by Northern Football Coach Fitz and the Music City Bowl champs. Host Michigan, Nebraska, Wisconsin, Notre Dame, and more this fall at Ryan Field. Season and single game tickets are on sale now at nusports.com. The bottom of the hour is brought to you by Campland RV. Tired of the stop and go? Then head on over to Campland RV for their 57th anniversary sale. Now through the end of June, find great deals on RVs and campers. Campland RV, RV buying made easy. Just a short drive off I-94 in northwest Indiana. That is Joe Ostrowski. I'm Barry Rosner. We're with you for a couple more hours here. Top of the next hour, Mike Rizzo, Washington Nationals General Manager. Scott Miller from Bleacher Report with our national hit at 1140. Bruce Levine at noon. Yes, this is July 1st. This is an important date for the aforementioned Bobby Bonilla. $1.19 million to Bobby Bonilla every July 1 until 2035. (laughs) 2035. 1.19. Hey, Bear. Did you know <laughs> that this season, Kyle Schwarber and Albert Almora combined are making $1.19 million? <laughs> Unbelievable. Bias, 657K. Schwarber and Contreras, 604.5,000. Almora, 584.5,000. And Hap, 570,000. But the Mets are still paying Bobby Bonilla. Almost uh, 1.2 mil a year. Man. Bobby Bo. Your Mets. Bobby Bo. My Mets. Yes. Bobby Bo was at his best. Really nice player. Really nice player. He hated it in New York, though. Absolutely despised that whole Mets thing. You know, it's. That's not for everybody. That is not. You know, you kind of look at uh, what these young Yankees kids are doing. And you're just used to it now. You just expect it. Like every one of them they bring up is is Glaber Torres, and it just happens over and over and over again. You go, of course, Yankee, Yankees bringing up another kid. The New York thing is not for everybody, Joe. Uh-huh. It is not for everyone. I carpool with McGowan to the ballpark in the morning. It's not for McGowan. Where is that McGowan? By the way, the Which one who one? Was, there's 18. I know the one McGowan's who was, running around. The one who was driving. And I think you're the father of all of them. The one who was driving. <laughs> McGowan of the ballpark during spring training. But which McGowan was that? Because there was a Marlins one. Dustin. Dustin McGowan is not in the league anymore, so he's out. Where? No, but where is he? Because we need to call that minor league team. Because you can't get Omar Vizquel on a radio show. We can get him for his, your article. What? Listen, I try to talk to 18-year-old guys, <laughs> no, and it I doesn't know. work out. Yeah, the White Sox don't want to talk to us. That's fine. The uh, <laughs> as always, nothing's changed over the years. The McGowan who was driving them to the park. Do we know? Yeah, which, which one was that? Where there's it's also asked. there's a Brendan. There's a uh, that might have been the Brendan. I don't know. <laughs> the uh, <laughs> the Brendan. There's a Brendan. Yeah, Dustin McGowan is not in baseball anymore. What's that's, he doing? That's a travesty. We got to get him on the show and ask. Is he on Twitter? This is wrong. That's just plain wrong. So there's Kevin McGowan. Where's he? Kevin. There's a Bill McGowan in the Hall of Fame. Really? I mean, I just searched McGowan's in MLB and that popped up. Why do you hate him? 
Kevin McGowan is with the Las Vegas 51. That's oh. the Mets AAA. Pitched yesterday and inning and uh, gave up a run. Oh, okay. Out of hit. Why is that funny? One Scuffling. one inning, one run, one hit. That's not terrible. Scuffling out there. You know, baby. you got the high sky, you got the heat, you got the hard infields. You know, that could have been it could have been a, a sixteen op or hit like a rocket through the infield. How do you know? You're laughing at him. He's got a four or five ERA so far in uh in uh it looks like forty innings. Yeah, pitched. but that's the PCL, you know, you don't you don't uh or is that the International League? Just stop PCL. making excuses. You don't. For you don't know. Like that's a good ERA for that league. It's a hitters league. I prefer to you have. Got, d- you got Colorado Springs. You got Albuquerque. You got Vegas. You got. You know. You got those those altitudes. Let's be fair, shall we? I can't believe you didn't know about Bill McGowan getting inducted to the Baseball Hall of Fame in 1992. The former umpire. It says McGowan introduced flamboyant <laughs> gestures behind the plate that captured the attention of players and fans alike. His enthusiasm never waned over his 30 years in the American League, including a string of 2,541 consecutive games in which McGowan did not miss a single inning on the diamond. Speaking of the Mets farm system, by the way, Tim Tebow, all-star, double-A, Eastern all-star team with a slash line. <laughs> Of 257, 329, 390. <laughs> Give that slash again. 257 hitting. 329 on base. Slugging 390. Your corner outfielder, Tim Tebow, in the All-Star game. Are you standing by your statement from before the season started that Tim Tebow We'll be called up to the majors. I, I'm only all I told you. I'm be- asking you if you're standing well, by. I haven't. I know the information that you were given. I haven't talked to that person for for a couple months because you lost that number after he said that. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm done with this guy. I could just tell you. I'll, I'll repeat what I was told during spring training by. Someone who works in New York, that Tim Tebow will be with the big league team with the Mets in September. I'm just telling you that's what he told me. That was his that was his opinion. All right. I, I will say, I was looking at his numbers. They're better in double A than in high A last year. So he's on the way. I couldn't possibly care less. It's imp- <laughs> there's no way I could care less. He's on the all star team. And he's on the team for next year. He's going to be on the team this year. What happened to this show? Bobby Bonilla, <laughs> McGowan, and Tebow. <laughs> Speaking of umpires, your guy, Joe West, oh, uh, my guy. had quite a week this week. I saw a picture and- of him on his face. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Joe <laughs> West just knows what he's doing. Whatever. <laughs> Whenever I post a picture of <laughs> Of Joe West on Twitter or Facebook. Oh, man. The the replies on Twitter, the comments on Facebook, it's hilarious. You don't say much. You just you zoom in on your, on your phone, on your TV with this, like, horrible picture. And you post it every, what, like a few times a week you post a picture of Joe West, a few times at least. And then the comments are just, like, fat, <laughs> useless. Sucks. <laughs> and I, you know that's what's going to happen. I you do not. It. Yes, that's not do. my intention. Oh, I'm not. On. I'm not baiting anyone. Absolutely not. 
but the comments are just precious. You Don't yourself. Worry, I'm leaving, Joe. You can go call another call. <laughs> That's exactly right, AJ Hinch. Not AJ Hinch. Who was it? Andy Green. Andy Green. Uh, the um, you had the you had the line of the week though. If you want to go to my Facebook page and find a picture that I posted of Joe West and Aaron Boone from uh, about six days ago. It's a great picture of Joe West running off Aaron Boone. <laughs> Aaron Boone, the look on Aaron Boone's face is like, why did I leave the broadcast booth? Why why am I doing this? And uh Joe Ostrowski posted uh oh, something really special. You should go look at that. 312-644-6767 is the phone number. If you would like to uh discuss with us where you feel the Cubs are with their offense and with their pitching staff at the moment, you are welcome to do that. This just came down. The Cubs have placed Brian Dunsing on the DL. Uh, Maples is back up. Okay, Brian Dunsing in his 52.44 ERA over the last, uh, what, like week or something like no, that. It's, it's left shoulder fatigue, not him being bad. Yeah, I might be slightly high on that number, but that's sort of what it feels like. Yeah. 312-644-6767. We will get to the Cubs and the White Sox in this next segment coming up, and then it's uh, Mike Rizzo, top of the hour on Hit and Run on the Score. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. I'm so grateful that I get to go pursue something, even if it's a long shot, versus something that, yeah, I might be able to go do and, and go do pretty well, but if it's not in my heart, why am I going to do that? You know, I think that's something that's unfortunate in society is a lot of people just go do what they feel like they should do and and live with the status quo and, and you know, go live by all these rules and, hey, this is going to be okay. You know, just go accept your, your average 9 to 5 rather than striving for something because the ultimate goal isn't to succeed or fail. The ultimate goal is to give it everything you have for something that's on your heart. Some thoughts on that for a sec. Go ahead. That is, of course, the voice of Tim Tebow, who perhaps doesn't realize that uh, some people got to make a living. They have to get jobs. The ultimate goal is to give it everything you have for something that's on your heart. Yeah, but you got to get paid, too. Wait, okay. Because it costs okay. money to live. Okay, so I, I gave his numbers. His uh, slash line of 257, 329, 390 slugging. It's corner outfielder, bad. Um, he's striking out 36.6% of the time. And his BABIP is 408. <laughs> <laughs> Are they just allaying the baseball? <laughs> At this point in the season... For to be 408, I know it's the minors, but. Wow. It's Tim Tebow. Hey, guys, scheduled Tebow get two hits today. My daughter just texted me, please care about Tim Tebow. I agree with her. Now, she has never once heard me on the radio. She couldn't be less interested in this nonsense, right? So what's the, so where is that coming from? I kind of need to know. Like who told her? Somebody texted and what that's her. About. I heard your dad say this, or, or and I'm laughing, or something like that. Maybe a friend of hers in the in the car with her dad, or po- is that a possibility? That's a possibility. Kind of intrigued because I know <laughs> she saw it on Twitter. <laughs> she does like the whole Tebow thing. I'm like, so grateful. Wait, as a joke because yes. it annoys you, or no, seriously? She just liked that when Tebowing was a thing. 
I think she was a cheerleader at the time. Oh, it stopped? Uh, I don't think people are doing the Tebow, are they? No, they're not. I don't think that's a thing. People were. Yeah, they were. She thought it was funny. It's gross. What? What Who asked you? Look at Eli checking in. I hate. I genuinely hate. He doesn't give an opinion for four hours every week, but but he's got to crack the mic so like Rick Camp so he can say gross. Hey, speaking of Rick Camp, yes, Eli, do you have it? His anniversary too. You got it. It uh, the uh, anniversary. The Rick Camp anniversary is coming up in just three days on July fourth. Two outs and no one on. The Mets are waving their infi- their outfielders in. The whole Met team waving their outfielders in. Here's Rick Camp with a game on the line. Two outs and no one on base. And at least he took a good cut and fouled it off. Ernie, if he hits a home run to tie this game, <laughs> his game will be certified as absolutely the nuttiest in the history of baseball. It'll be an 0-2 pitch. And he is at the deep left. He goes back. It is gone. Holy cow. Oh, my goodness. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. Rick Kim. Rick Kim. I don't believe it. Remember what I just said. If he hits a home run, that certifies this game as the wackiest, wildest, most improbable game in history. the most improbable act. I mean, if you told me that John Sterling's going to run for president and win, that wouldn't be any more improbable. And I've got to tell you, that's improbable. Unbelievable. That was July 5th, 1985. The game started on July 4th. There were rain delays that night. There was a big crowd because it was a fireworks night. And this game played well into the morning, 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning. Remember we had Dale Murphy on last year to talk about it. Uh, It's a game that I will never forget because that was a particularly horrible year in my life. And it was just one of those moments where sometimes sports is a great thing. I remember getting home at at 1 or 2 in the morning and this baseball game was on. And that particular play, that particular home run happened in the bottom of the 18th with two outs and two strikes and the Braves down a run. And uh, I just, it was one of those things where you just wanted the game to go on and on and on because for a brief uh, while, I could forget about uh, things that Life. were happening. Yeah, yeah, and just enjoy some some wild, crazy thing that was happening. I, I, <laughs> impossible. Talk about impossible. One of the worst hitters in the history of the game. I, I think uh, our Rick Camp is hosting the night of July 4th. I have so, new details on the Ed Hockley retirement, by the way. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let me interrupt your show with this. <laughs> I have new details on the Ed Hockley retirement, by the way. Okay. Who cut that up? Like, who said, wait... I need to I need to stop what I'm doing. <laughs> I need to get Rick Kim saying that. 
Well, it was an 83 Nation reference. So. Was that you? Well, no, no. Tanny used it oh, as an 83 Nation reference, but I got that part <laughs> in the beginning. Of course it was Tannehill. Of course. I have new details on the Ed Hockley retirement, by the way. Oh. Why is it so funny? That's Joe Ostrowski. I'm Barry Rosner. <laughs> what happened? What happened? To I have this new show? details on the Ed Hockley retirement, okay. by the way. That's exciting, but I don't care. <laughs> I was walking out of a bear game one night. You care about anything today? Everything that's been brought up, you're like, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. I was walking out of a bear game. No, I was walking to the. I got it. I'm leaving the bears <laughs> locker room and I'm heading back upstairs and out of the elevator walks Ed Hockley. He's wearing makeup. This is after the game. He had done the bear game and he's wearing makeup. And it looks to me like he had had lots of plastic surgery. Oh, yeah. You can see that on TV. You can? Okay. Yeah. It doesn't surprise me why that he wearing, he's wearing makeup. Why is he wearing makeup after the because game? Because he knows how much airtime he's getting nationwide. But didn't he take a shower after the game? I don't know. Well, maybe it was more. Are you sure it was makeup and plastic surgery? It looked like both to me. Yeah. And neither one really surprised me. Speaking of um, odd appearances, a buddy of mine texted me and said, you got to tell the Sammy story, Sammy Sosa story with Andre Dawson. So Dawson told me a couple years ago, this got to be four or five years ago now, that he got invited to Sammy's big party. He throws these huge parties in Miami. And uh, so Hawk went to the party with his wife, and he gets there, and it's an odd mix of people is the best way I can describe it. It's an odd mix of people. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, forgive me for not elaborating, but that's as far as I'm going to go with that. It's a, it's a it's an odd mix, and there's lots of characters. And when Sammy sees uh, Andre Dawson, he comes up to him, and they they talk for a minute. And uh, it, you know, uh, Vanessa wants to leave. She's tugging on Andre's sleeve, like we, we got to get out of here. This is as soon as they walked in. Yeah, pretty much. And uh, Sammy says to Andre, "Man, I got some stuff that'll turn you white." You know, I mean, you see, you see Sammy's appearance these days, right? He what says is, it's lotion. And uh, Andre says, no, nah, I've been black for about 60 years. I think I'll, I th- this is fine. This is working fine for me. I think we'll just, <laughs> I'm just going just gonna to do this. Stay, wow. Stay like this. And uh, Sammy went to get champagne or whatever, and they hightailed it. <laughs> they were gone. You ever do that at a party when someone turns the other direction? You said, we're getting out of here. Yeah, that's what they did. We've we've all been somewhere, and we've said to someone, or we thought about it immediately. This is a bad idea. Let's just leave. Nothing good can come of this. Speaking so that, that happened to Hawk. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've I've done that. I've done that. Sure. Spe- speaking of bad ideas, uh, most of this hour, I would say, <laughs> filled. <laughs> With just bad ideas. And I apologize. Sure. I apologize. Uh, let's get to a break. 
Uh, let's try I, to. I thought Riggs was great. What, Eli? Why are you wait? Oh, he, Eli's got one. <laughs> Eli's really having a good time today. You got one more thing? It's, it's not Rick Camp, is it? I don't Rick know. Rick Hahn yesterday at the press conference talked about how Marco Patti was so in favor of Robber that he was willing to give up his draft, deal with the consequences. It's not that hard to say to deal with the consequences. What is going on? I don't know. I think I, I don't know if I like just like had a stroke or something and I didn't know it. But anyway, Marco Patti wanted Robert. Are you okay? <laughs> if if Mitch is listening, which I seriously doubt. This is this You is, know, I was hoping the week of the fourth of July to get the Sunday off anyway. So it's probably is, happening. We're doing our best. This is the end. It's gonna be deal it's, with the consequences. Don't just stop, Eli. If Mitch is listening, this is the end of hit and run. All right, it's gonna be hit and run. It's gonna be it's gonna be Shep and Z Pack <laughs> next week. Yeah, probably. On hit and run. Coming up next, it's the general manager of the Washington Nationals as we attempt to Return to the usual quality of this baseball show right here on Hit and Run on the Score. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it.